Hello fellow adventurers and welcome back to the Nerd Lab, where we transform our gaming passion into incredible game designs and learn how to nerd like a boss. My name is Marvin and I'm an ambitious game designer on my quest to develop a cooperative fantasy card game. For this podcast, my vision is to take you with me on this exciting journey. Together we will explore the secrets of different game mechanics and reach the next level as a game designer. First of all, this week I would like to apologize for the fact that this episode is a little later than usual. Um, I had a playtest of my game this week and um, yeah, therefore had less time than usual to prepare the podcast episode. And yeah, that also is um, maybe the reason for today's um, uh, topic. The topic is iteration. I don't know if it's just me, but I always make the most progress with um, the design of my game when um, I'm about to, um, to do a playtest. When I have a, a playtest uh, upcoming in the next few days or so, I feel <laughs> very pressured um, and spend a lot of time to improve my game. I really often need that um, necessary pressure to, yeah, to change something, to push something forward and um, yeah, to finish something in order to have at least a playable version I can bring to the table. Um, and between two playtesting sessions, there are always longer periods um, in which I, I don't change much uh, in my game. Um, Often I on only think about uh, different possibilities, what I could change, but most of the time these ideas remain as yeah, theoretical concepts in my head or, um, or on my whiteboard or maybe on an Excel spreadsheet, but they rarely um, make it into an iteration of my game. The iterations, so the new versions of my prototype, often uh, only come to life when I have a a deadline, a new playtest, um, yeah, coming up in the in the next few days, and yeah, that is why I today want to think a little bit about how I can improve my process to have uh, yeah less downtime between the sessions um, and to get more playtests in, and yeah, in the end, um, the goal is to iterate faster, and um, yeah, I want to talk a little bit about what iteration actually is where it comes from and yeah how we can um, can improve our our design cycles and when i say design cycles that is actually yeah almost <laughs> the um, complete definition of iteration because iteration means doing something in cycles um, and yeah i first came into uh, contact with that concept um, in um uh, software design, so in programming, where you often have uh, a development uh, stage where you um, implement something. Then you have a testing phase, you identify different bugs, what is not working, and um, then you have a little bit of time to fix those um, those errors that you identified, and then you go back to testing. And during the testing phase, you might then again identify new bugs um, that you want to fix again, um, and so on and so on. And that's not only true for um, for errors or bugs in your in your software code. It's also true for 
for features that you are going to develop. Um, you often start with a limited amount of features, um, bring them to, um, to a first alpha version, to a prototype. Um, they become tested by, by the users and uh, end users and they might identify um, new functionalities that they are missing. Um, they might identify functionalities that they do not um, really need. Um, and based on that information, you then can um, adopt and um, add new features or remove some of the features from your uh, from your software but iteration is not uh, only limited to um, to project management or uh, IT development or game design it's something we do in all areas of our life um, we try something and then we change based on the feedback we get that's something that yeah that we do all the time and since a couple of years, everyone tries to yeah to have these cycles um, to be as agile as possible. Everything should work agile these days. Projects want to be agile. Companies want to be agile. Um, time to market should be shortened. Um, you hear phrases like fail forward or minimal viable product. All these are descriptions and phrases for the same phenomenon. Um, you want to reduce the time between developing something and yeah, using something and getting feedback for something. Um, and this is true for a piece of software. Um, this is true for a product that a company develops. Um, and this is more than true for um, a game that we want to try um, to design and to develop. Um, it doesn't really matter what you're talking about. Um, you want to get feedback on something as soon as possible and as often as possible. Um, and that will give you the, the chance to, yeah, to identify what is unique about your, um, your game, what is innovative about your game. And it will also help you to identify what kind of mechanics are working uh, and which ones probably um, do not work that well. When it comes to game design, iteration um, happens multiple times during the um, life cycle of, um, of such a project. Um, in the beginning, we have uh, to come up with a, with a high-level concept. Let's say the, um, the core idea of the game, um, the vision, what you want to achieve with your game, what kind of experiences you want to create for your players and so on. And based on that, you build your first minimal viable product. So the first playable barely playable version that you can bring to the table and once you have that you start your first iteration circle um, and that is the design um, iteration circle how i call it and um, it um, pretty much is um, creating a prototype as a first step then um, doing a play test as the second step as a third step you are going to interpret the results, uh, trying to isolate um, the issues, what didn't work um, or what was actually actually very good, what created a lot of fun. Um, then you yeah, try to propose some solutions for that um, uh, issues that you isolated and um, yeah, build a new, a new prototype and start the circle all over again. Go back to testing, um, interpret the results, um, isolate the issues and propose uh, new solutions um, so that you can again build a new prototype and that circle is um, the circle that I am in at the moment for my um, for my drafting game and um, I want to improve that process I want to to go that through that process um, in a 
yeah, shorter amount of time. And I will talk about that later on in this podcast. But let's say you are already done with the design of your of your your game. So you have all the mechanics working um, and the core uh, idea, the goals of the game, all of that is um, um, is working fine. Then you maybe want to uh, get to the next uh, circle um, in, and that circle would be um, the content refinement circle. So that would be something that often is referred to as the um, development phase of the project where you um, yeah, work out the different cards, you do a lot of balancing um, of, the different, of the different cards and so on, but you do not really change too much of the core idea of the game anymore. So um, you do not add many new mechanics or remove mechanics that might happen in that stage, but um, typically the game is more stable in that phase and you just make smaller adjustments to um, yeah, to, to individual um, cards or components or maybe um, to the story or the quest, um, try to add more narrative and so on and so on. That is something that is, happens in the um, development phase. Um, and then you go to the um, yeah, to the production phase where you um, uh, try to produce your game, um, try to get the components uh, produced, find the manufacturers, and um, then you are going to market your game and sell your game. That is pretty much the high-level view of how the game design process in general looks. And um, these different iteration circles um, yeah, are something that I really want to improve on for myself and I think there is um, they are the most important um, aspects of game design because uh, if you can improve your process just a little bit so that you might need uh, two weeks instead of three weeks or so to get through one iteration circle um, overall that might uh, yeah give you give back give you back a month uh, in your design process and therefore I want to take a little bit of a closer look um, how I could improve there. When we look at um, other areas uh, like IT project management for example there are a lot of frameworks that um, help the project management to yeah, come up with with agile methods for the um, for the IT project for the IT development and they are these frameworks are there are a lot of them and there are different names for them. There is, for example, Scrum and there is Safe. And most of them really um, have the same core component. And that is that you want to have um, yeah, fast sprints, development cycles. And um, these sprints pretty much are the same what I just uh, described as one of these iterative circles that, uh, that we also have in game design. Um, and... In um, these frameworks, you often have some kind of of backlog um, that describes how the end experience for the for the user should look like. So you have all of the requirements in this in this product backlog. And since a sprint typically is um, most of the time is uh, around about two weeks. That means you cannot um, you cannot implement all of the requirements that you want to have for your end product um, within one sprint. That is, yeah, that's just how the system works. That's why you have the backlog. The um, that's a a place where you can put all of the things that you want to do um, later on. Then you have to, yeah, of course, have to prioritize what you want to implement next. Um, but 
you will never be able to yeah, get all of that into one into one um, iteration. And that's okay, though. Um, it As a result, you often have um, um, a more agile approach. You have faster iteration steps um, and you have smaller incremental changes. That also makes it easier for you to identify if the change that you have made um, has an impact or not. If you would uh, have... Um, several months between your playtests it uh, and you change a whole bunch of different um, mechanics and um, individual cards and um, maybe the goal of the game and what's on you would not be able to identify which of your changes really mattered and that can be a problem so i really um, strongly advise to have a um, very fast iteration circle with um, smaller incremental changes my personal goal is to get to um, a bi-weekly um, playtesting um, sprint iteration cycle. And um, yeah, I want to yeah, take a look at the different um, things that I need to implement in order to get that done. Um, for you, it might be different. It also depends on the state um, of development you are in at the moment. Maybe you are already testing uh, weekly or so. That is great. And um, if you if you have playtests um, every other month or so, you might you might want to uh, to increase that a little bit. So let's take a look at what you might need in order to yeah to get to a biweekly sprint iteration um, for your game. Um, in Scrum, the work is that is the the framework of IT project management. Um, that uh, work is typically expressed in in the product backlog that I just mentioned, and it is uh, written there in the form of user stories. And these user stories are typically um, written all in the same way. They are written from the perspective of the end user of the system. Um, and they typically they tr you try to write them down as a one single sentence if this is possible. Um, and to, to to get a good understanding of what the end user wants. Um, and they're often phrased in the same way. For example, as an end user, I want to have a functionality X so that I can do thing Y. We could also try to apply this user story approach to game design um, and use the player instead of the end user as the perspective that we describe the requirements from. For example, it could we could write something like the following. As a player, I want to have multiple choices on how to use my cards, so I don't get into situations in which cards feel useless because they are too conditional. Or another one. As a player of the aggressive archetype, I want to be able to attack my opponent with multiple threats. Or... You could also have the perspective of the publisher um, if you want to self-publish your game. As a publisher, I want to make sure I don't have too many components in the game. Um, I personally haven't created user stories like this for my games yet, but I think it's a neat idea to, um, and I will try to do that in the in the future. But I have uh, formulated my the experience I want to achieve, and they are pretty similar to um, to these user story approach um, for example what i have written down for um, the drafting game is i want the feeling of achievement when you find the missing pieces for your team composition and that is um that is also something that i can uh, that can guide my game design yeah. 
And however you want to articulate these user stories for your design, um, it doesn't really matter, but um, they are important to guide you overall um, and um, to create a vision and to, to create tasks from, from them how to, how to achieve it, how to achieve that um, kind of experience that you want to create. Um, and therefore, I think having some kind of uh, written down user stories or experiences that you want to have in your game are very important. And what I then do based on these experiences or user stories, I create some kind of task backlog. And um, if you consider the user stories as a description of what you want to achieve, the task can be the description of how you want to achieve it. So if we go back to, to my example where I describe the, the feeling of achievement that players should, should have when they find the missing pieces uh, for their team composition. I want to have that in my game. And if I see during the playtesting um, phase that this does not happen too often, I would uh, add a task to my backlog um, to, to add a mechanic to give players more choices, um, probably during the end of the game, to find their missing pieces. Um, by yeah, adding the ability, for example, to look at additional cards during a draft. Um, maybe they can exchange some cards during the, the, the last draft round or so, though that I can ensure that they make, um, yeah, that the chances are higher that they find the missing pieces at the end so that all of my players get that feeling of achievement. Um, and this is how I would pretty much structure my... Um, my backlog and if i identify a mechanic that doesn't that doesn't work the issue uh, it would also go into the task backlog that i want to to work on it and um, then when it comes to the um, to the next iteration process after i've um, added all of that stuff after a playtest um, i identified um, the issues and what worked well um, i would add these findings to my task backlog and then um, identify the most important uh, thing and add it to my to my task list from my task backlog to my task list to something that I want to um, to implement for the next iteration um, cycle and I would work on that until this is finished and then I would add the next most important thing from the task backlog to my task list and um, by having this approach, you only have to focus on one thing at a time um, and you are not getting so overwhelmed all of the time. This structure really really can help you to to um, to um, work step by step um, and to improve your your cycle, I think. So the next thing that you probably need in order to have a very effective cycle is a super, super lean and effective process to create prototypes that must be as easy and as quick as possible i know that this is something a lot of people struggle with especially in the beginning when you start um, start with game design because um, setting up this process is something that you yeah you need to do it once for 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 each project it will be easier for the for the second and third project but when you do it for the first time it can take a bit of time to um to get that process into into place so um yeah when i first started i i'm a little bit ashamed to say that i created my first prototypes for the first card game in powerpoint 
and I had one slide per card and I spent a lot of time finding um, nice uh, nice artworks on the internet and I spent a lot of time to um, yeah to to do the card layout and so I mean it wasn't perfect and I knew it was just a prototype but I spent a lot of time doing that and um, then I played the game and it was garbage so um, all of that time investment that I made there was yeah kind of lost and really didn't didn't feel feel good and um, even if the game wouldn't would not have been uh, complete garbage uh, changes um, that I would have uh, wanted to make would would take me quite a bit of time with with that process um, in place and because uh, then I had to um, I had to create these images from um, from PowerPoint uh, and then I had to somehow add them to a to a sheet though that I could print out nine cards at a at a time and all of that was it was manual steps that I had to do and you can automate these processes and you should do that you should really invest a bit of time in the beginning of the proje- project to get this automation up and running and you only need to do that once um, I do that with um, Google Spreadsheets. I talked about that process earlier um, on this podcast. Um, I have a Google Spreadsheet where I have all my cards um, uh, text. I have the the, re- the the resources are written there in different in different columns. The special abilities, the keywords, um, the factions the heroes belong to, the um, the casting cost, and all of that all of that stuff. The, the strength, the power, the the health, all of these different variables that you have for your cards. Um, you should track them in a spreadsheet. That's the easiest way to do it. And then you need some kind of automation um, on how to get these um, variables to your to your card template. And that card template uh, can be created in different uh, different uh, programs. You can use um, InDesign for that if you want to spend a bit of money and are able to use uh, this software. I'm unfortunately not able to do that. Um, I tried, and um, yeah, it's not, not, not my uh, cup of tea. But I um, use Nandek, for example, as a as a software that allows me to create a very easy template for the cards, and then I just have to click one one button, and all of the cards are compiled, and I can see them how they how they look. And um, you could also use the the software. Cocktail. It's a bit newer than Nandek. Maybe a bit, uh, a bit easier to um, to use. The interface is a bit, um, a bit better, I would say, and it almost has um, the same amount of functionality already. We, um, if you are interested in that, you can go to our Discord server. Um, we had an interesting session with the developer of Cocktail, who, um, yeah introduced us to the tool and explained how it worked and um, yeah within within one hour we were able to yeah set this entire automated process up and um, if you if you want that video and that tutorial you will be able to do so as well so i will um, yeah link the invitation to the discord server and you can find that um, that video over there i will i will i will um, add the links to the show notes and um, yeah in this tools, these tools, you then also have um, have one button to to create the um, a PDF file that you then can print, or you can create um, individual images that you then can um, import to Tabletop Simulator, for example. Um, and if you then 
want to make changes after a proto, uh, prototype, after you have identified what, um, what the most important change might be for the next iteration, um, you can do that easily and it doesn't take um, hours, it just takes a couple of minutes to make these changes. And um, I can only, str can only strongly recommend to, to improve that, um, that automation um, prototype creation process. That's very important. And don't spend don't spend much time on, um, yeah, on the layout, on on the graphics or so. Just get the things out to the playtesters. Really, that's important. And now my yeah my last advice for today: um, you need a fixed schedule for um, the next prototype sessions in order to increase the pressure. At least I do. Maybe you are different, but um, that's. The number one thing I can improve, I think. Um, I really want to have a, a fixed playtest schedule every other week. And um, yeah, I, I know it can be difficult to, um, to find playtesters for your game. Um, and I don't want to have the same group playtesting my game every week or every other week. So I want to um, have different groups of people testing my game. And that also depends in what stage you are. But um, here are just some ideas how you might be able to find um, uh, playtesters for your, for your, for your um, prototype sessions. I, first of all, I would advise you to join a mastermind group. Um, I mentioned that quite often on this podcast, we on our Discord server, on the NerdLab Discord server, have uh, different mastermind groups. I think we have uh, five groups at the moment that meet on a weekly basis um, to talk about um, the games that everyone in these uh, groups is designing. A group typically has five to six uh, members. And um, yeah, so for in the group that I am in, we do a lot of play tests. So... Um, every every member of this uh, mastermind group um, is in the spotlight for one particular week and can decide what he wants to do with that um, with that spot and oftentimes we do play tests so if you are in a mastermind group you would um, let's say you have one with four people or so you would get in um, at least one play test every month that's a good step um, And of course, you have to give back. You cannot just ask people all the time to playtest your game without giving something back. Yeah? I mean, if you playtest um, once a month your game, you also have to play um, the other games um, in the weeks in between. And that's an investment that you, that you really need to make. And um, yeah, that's, that's important for the, for the entire community. And um, yeah, most, most, most game designers know that and are willing to, willing to playtest your games if you, um, yeah, if you also spend some time to testing their games. And um, yeah, of course, we also, um, on our mastermind, we also have um, the chance to organize playtests with other people on the server, not only within the mastermind groups. So I would advise you to try to find people, people there as well. Um, and you can also, of course, um, join other um, playtesting groups. Um, and most of them really um, are about test. You test my game, I test your game, and that's a good a good thing. And if you join, let's say maybe two groups like that, and then add a 
yeah, maybe your, your regular board gaming group or so at the third um, group of testers, you have three groups um, to test your game with. And um, if you then really create a schedule with them um, or for yourself. So this week I test with my with my friends. Uh, the, um, the week after I test with my mastermind group, then with my playtesting um, group um, and so on you will you will be able to um, to get to that um, bi-weekly um, prototype session circle and that's my goal and that's what i want to um, ask from you today schedule your next playtesting sessions today this is my this is my task for you schedule your next playtesting sessions today and to make that even more ambitious I would like to challenge you today. I would like to get one playtest per week for an entire month. So um, instead of getting it every other week, what my goal is for the long run, I would like to have one month in which I playtest every week with an iteration in between every playtest. And um, I want you to challenge do that together with me. So some of you might not have a, a minimal viable product yet. So I will give you two more weeks to get one. And um, we are going to start in June with um, one playtest per week for your game. Um, I would be happy if a lot of you um, yeah, try to join that, uh, that challenge. Um, I will try to get my uh, four playtests um, in in June. And um, if you want to... Um, yeah, want to find some some playtesters as well that um, that playtest your game or are willing to playtest other games as well in that time. Um, yeah, please um, organize uh, yourself in the playtest channel on the uh, Mastermind um, Discord server. Um, link is in the show notes, of course. Um, and um, yeah, please, please, please um, send me your your results. Um, if this was helpful for you to to get that many playtests in or not, um, if you could make some some progress in that time, um, let me know once you have scheduled the um, the tasks and um, let's share our our victories in that week that we have in that time together. So I'm really looking forward. I'm um, excited to um, to push my game forward. I want to want to increase my um, my output, and I think this is a good way to do so. And um, and what could be better than um, yeah than doing this together and sharing our successes and maybe even our, our failures in that time? Um, I would love to hear from you. So get back to me. Um, you can send me an email to marvin at nerdlikeaboss.com or um, join us on the Discord. I mentioned it several times now. Um, but you can also find me on Facebook, um, the Nerd Lab uh, site is uh, on there, or um, on Twitter and Instagram as well um, with the has hashtags nerd like a boss. So until next week, keep shooting for the moon and prepare your minimal viral product though that you are ready for all that playtesting that comes up in June. Looking forward to hear from you. Goodbye. Goodbye.